Hey everybody, D. Williams here, and you are listening to episode number 22 of the Staffing Startup.tv podcast. Let's get fired up. Welcome to Staffing Startup.tv, the podcast that gives you direct access to the world's leading recruitment, staffing, and startup experts. D. Williams speaks with amazing thought leaders, venture capitalists, and technology trendsetters about their journey, challenges, and successes related to recruitment, staffing, and hiring. Now, here's your host, D. Williams. Oh my gosh, guys, we are at episode number 22. That's so exciting. So I don't know if you've been fired up the way I have been about these past podcast episodes. They have been phenomenal, right? The guests have been phenomenal, right? Well, listen, I'm speaking at Disrupt HR here in Atlanta, Georgia. I'm super amped up about it. So we do not have an interview for you this week. But what I thought would be super cool, we have gotten so much crazy feedback from our Q&A call from the private inner circle group on this past Wednesday that I thought that it would be a great idea to share it with my podcast audience. And if you've already heard it, then it would be great for you to take a second listen just to ensure that you are on the right path with your business, right? So we really talk about the value of knowing your value of the services that you are providing for both your clients and your candidates. We also get into um, talking about really, really growing your business and loving your business from the inside out and what that actually looks like, what it takes to bring this business to life, uh, what type of worth you need to have in order to bring this business to life. And we we hear other people's stories and their examples. So we're going to be able to listen to that. And more importantly, y'all get to listen to me ball. I start crying. You will never believe this. Please do not laugh at me, but I got so fired up and so passionate that by the end of this Q&A call, I was literally in tears, motivating and inspiring uh, each and every one of you to take control of this business and do some amazing things. So I really think you're going to enjoy this podcast episode. It's going to be a little long, but take the time to listen. There are gems everywhere throughout this episode. And I wish each and every one of you so much joy, so much love, so much success in your business. Rock it out. You can do it. Let's get started. It's Q&A day. It's Q&A day. It's Q&A day. Hey, Deborah, what's going on in your world? Hey, Jonathan, what's going on in your world? How are you guys doing? Tell me what's happening in your business. Hey, Tequita, how are you? Beautiful love. <laughs> how you doing? What's going on in your world? While I'm waiting for you guys to get your questions in, because I know you guys have a ton of questions for me. It's been almost 30 days. Well, it's definitely been two weeks since we've seen each other last. And I definitely want to be here to support each and every one of you in your endeavors and your efforts. And um, so get your questions together and please put them in the box. Now, it takes typically about five to 10 minutes for people to get on and on both the GoToMeeting and the um, Facebook live watch, you know, 
you know, it just takes some ramp up time. So while we're waiting for folks to ramp up, I'm here to answer any questions and, oh, that's great. And um, help support you guys in your business in, in any way I can. Jonathan said he's doing amazing. He said that he's trying to find a warehouse manager. So if any of you guys know Direct Hire, if any of you guys are in the, the warehouse and logistics space and you know of a great warehouse manager on the Direct Hire side, he is definitely interested. They're in Houston, Jonathan. Tell us about your uh, position. Can I can I put you on? Um, can I open the lineup for you? Can you sell us your position? I'm unmuting you. Hey, Jonathan. Hey, how you doing? Good. How are you? Tell us about your position that you need to fill. This is a warehouse manager for a small furniture company, and they're looking for someone with some warehouse experience. Not a lot of experience is needed. The position pays between thirty-five and forty thousand uh, to start, and. Um, it's real. We're not building rockets here. Right. It's just basic warehouse manager type stuff. Furniture. They don't have any uh, no forklifts or anything like that. They only use floor jacks um, in the warehouse. They also the paperwork is pretty much a uh, forgive me for saying it a blind monkey with a wooden leg could do it. <laughs> so um, that's what I'm looking for on that front right there. And then also, if anybody else knows any fabricators, estimators, and in the construction field, I'm working on doing something with a large construction company here in Houston. Oh, wow. That's phenomenal. Let's give him some, some love, Jonathan. Jonathan, you've come a long way since I first met you, right? Yeah. Yeah. yeah it, it's, it's been a learning process. I've had my ups and downs, my bruises. Um, I was one that didn't like to let go that easily. Yeah. And I tell you, after you start missing some bills, <laughs> trying to chase a dollar from a, from a dead horse, there's one thing I do very quickly. If you do something, uh, I'm like, Hey, you know what? It's best we just cut our ties and go ways because me chasing you down is only going to lead to me chasing you down. So was it, so have you, have you figured out kind of the formula to, what type of clients that you want to work with and what clients that you don't want to work with? Like, have you figured that formula out just yet? Because a lot of people just take any client because it's money. But have you figured out that there are people that you absolutely don't want to work with? Um, the kind of person that I usually go away from is the one that takes forever to make a decision. Okay. If they start taking forever in the, in the front, on the front end, or it's like I have one client that supposedly... She wants me to find facilitators for her. Okay. I told her that I need the pay. I need the pay. I need the um, scope of work and everything. Okay. And she's like, well, I need these here people for October 1st. And we talked just about a week ago, and I said, I'm getting ready to ramp up for you and getting these people. But I need the pay, and I need this here and this here from you. And she said, okay, I'll get it for you tomorrow. That was a week ago. Uh, so I'm about ready to send her a Dear John letter saying, hey, I don't think it's going to work out. Um, I think you may want to find another route. I'd be more than happy to help you, but we need to move fast. Because I told her, I said, what happens is I go out to these candidates and I tell them I have these positions that need to be filled. Then the candidates are making adjustments in their lives. Mm -hmm. Then when I have to go back to them and tell them, no, it's going to be another two or three weeks, not because 
I wasn't prepared, but because the client wasn't prepared. Right. I said, you've jeopardized my word with people. And it makes it hard for me to get candidates for other positions and other clients. So if it takes them a long time to get me information or it takes them a long time to make a decision, that's usually when I start backing away from them. Yeah. And the thing is, is that, and this is the thing that we should be focusing on anyway. I mean, right now we're in a candidate driven market. And so our main goal is to focus on supporting the candidates, right? And helping them and, and matching them with the right opportunities and the right clients. And you're, you, you touched on a very important topic. A lot of people, you know, candidates get very frustrated with us as recruiters because the hiring managers aren't doing the things that they do. One, I typically let them know up front we have no control over those things, right? We have only, because we do, we have a little bit though, but not really. But two, really understanding that, you know, having standards around the types of people that you are doing business with is imperative, right? Like understanding yeah. that everybody is not the right client. I was talking to a staffingpreneur recently and they were um, chasing down um, somebody, you know, just chasing payments down that were way below the actual staffing payment amount, right? To the point where like chasing $500 down, dollars down, $1,000 down. I'm like, first of all, your rates are low. But second of all, you're chasing people down that they can't even afford. She said, I only want to support really small businesses. And I told her really small businesses typically can't afford a staffing agency. So what type of standards do you have around your business? And she said, D, these are my standards. And I said, okay, well, let me ask you a different question. Do you have standards about the people that you sleep with? Do you have standards about the food that you eat? Do you have standards about the house that you live in? Do you have standards about the clothes that you wear? Do you have standards about the car that you drive? Like if you have solid standards where you can sit down and say, I will not wear this, or I will not eat this, or I will not do this under these circumstances. My question is always, what type of standards do you have around the clients that you'll work with? And what type of standards do you have around the the candidates that you work with? Because if you don't have standards, then you will allow anything and everything to flow through your business. And if you won't allow, if you won't wear just anything, if you won't drive just anything, if you won't just eat anything, yep. then you then you've got to feel the same way about your business. Agreed? I agree wholeheartedly. <laughs> um because I what I found is and I don't know if you remember or not, but we talked um about a few months ago and I told you about a deal where I had lowered my rates down to where I wouldn't even mention the rate. And I thought I was doing the client a favor and getting business and that there. And what I found is that if someone will talk you down on your rates below the standard, mm -hmm. they really don't want to do business with you. Exactly. You got it. They don't. I wound up not getting the account, messing up my name with a ton of people, chasing them down. And I just decided, I said, okay, I'm not going to, one, I won't source the candidate when I don't have a contract. Okay. And then I don't have a start date. I won't bother posting it. I may post a position on my website, but I'm not spending one red cent on that position. How I'm doing it. I collect the resumes and not there. Um, the other thing that I will not do, if I have to debate and go back and forth about my rate, I don't want to do business with you. Right. Because they're not a real partner. Exactly. Exactly. They're not a real partner. Yes, and the thing is, is that 
and a partner is like a weird word right now because I saw a, like a YouTube video of somebody was like, you're not your client's partners, but you really are. And, yeah. and if they're not looking to go into a partnership and you know, you know, I always use the relationship analogy, right? And, yeah. um, and on one of my last podcasts this week, that guy, he used an, an analogy that had to do with acting. I don't care what it is. You you understand what it means to have somebody work with you as a partner and you know when somebody is not. And if those companies aren't serious about the about the, the partnership that you're attempting to create to help provide them with the solutions that they need to be able to expand their business or grow their business or whatever the case may be, they're not a real partner and they're not serious about doing business with you. Mm-hmm. They're not. Yeah, they're, they're not. And in the end. You're gonna be looking like a dummy. Yeah, I, those, that's a hard lesson to learn, Jonathan. It was. It, was it, 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 it left me almost in tears. Yeah. But it's one of those things where you have to look yourself in the mirror and say, you know what? Fool me once, shame on on you. You can't fool me again. Yeah. You fool once, you can get fooled again. So I cut ties with them. I'm like, you know what? If you guys ever want to come back, you're paying my full rate. Right. I'm not gonna. I'm not going to argue and I'm not going to debate about it. The only way I make adjustments on my rate is when there's volume. There you go. Now you're talking. Yeah. I got excited. One, um, Sorry. <laughs> I was waiting on one company. They had, they were going back and forth with source themselves for 157 people. Mm-hmm. For So I said, if you do, I, I'll make adjustments. I'll go down to where I normally don't because of the sheer volume. Right. Right. And... They wound up doing it themselves, but she appreciated me being willing to adjust. Other than that, nah. Yeah. Nah, I don't really fool with the dusting rates. Yeah. And I see a lot of newbies that come in. The first thing that they do is like, oh, I'm new, so I have to charge lower rates. Or I'm new, so I can't actually, you know, charge with, you know, what? and it's like, that means nothing. People only know you're new if you tell them. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? And and just the the taking it a step further, like you have again, you're right, you have to look in the mirror. It's all about the value. And and and, and Jackie Griever says, stand your ground. And that's exactly right. It's about your value, um, the value that you bring. And when you're strong in that value and you know your value, that's when yeah. things shift around. So that's 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 a hard lesson. A lot of people still haven't taken on that lesson. We've got, I'm hoping there's one particular staffingpreneur that I'm hoping that she watches the replay or chimes in. Definitely watch the replay for this because she kind of has that mentality. Oh, I just need to take mm-hmm. something now just to get a win. And it's not that because that hurts mm-hmm. you more than it helps you. Yes. Yeah. Yes, it does. Yeah. Because you don't get to experience the full you know, experience of being in a partnership with that client and actually been being able to fulfill, you know, those needs or what have you. Do you know what I'm saying? And, and yeah, so yeah. Ronaldo says, sometimes you feel like you have a better chance getting noticed by lowering your rates. But I always want you guys to think about this. Right now, um, so, and I, I mentioned this to somebody the other day, I've driven a German car for the past 15, 20 years. You will not catch me in a Ford, okay? I'm not that chick. But my mom, on the other hand, you wouldn't catch her in a German car. So, like, everybody has a standard, as if we were talking. Some people like, I say Pinto because I'm old school. A Pinto, some people like 
Um, some of y'all young ones don't even know what a pinto is, but let me just oh, say, okay, John, <laughs> you know, so you got some people like Honda Accords, some people like Mercedes Benz, some people like Bentleys, you know, so everybody has their own style. So if you don't get a better chance by lowering your rates, people purchase on two things. They purchase on money, quality, and relationships, quality and relationships trump money every time. Every time. So if you are, again, when you lower your rates, you assume it, it, it really devalues you. It's not giving you a better chance of getting noticed. It, it will get you noticed, but at a very low level. Like they're not going to take you super seriously because you're cheap. Exactly. Money. Yes, exactly. So you really want to show your value. I say all the time, never stop. Start high. Start at the highest you possibly can. Because the worst thing that can happen is that they can negotiate you down to industry standard. But if you start off lower, trying to um, get noticed by lowering your rates, I'm not picking on you, Ronaldo. I'm just using that as an example then you have nowhere to go but lower because they ain't going to negotiate the rates up. You know what I'm saying? And then they've already have a preconceived notion around you. So, and the, the interesting thing, I'll tell you this, I'm one of my clients, he um, he started out in the industry when I started working with him two years ago. And he, he had kind of a similar mentality. I'm going to start on the lower side of things. And then um, he changed his niche and a client a client, I guess, was referred into him. And when he gave the client his new rates, the client was like, no, that's that's not what you charge. And he said, it is what I charge. He says, no, I was referred to you by such and such. They said that you're the cheapest on the market. Oh, he, wow. called, he called me almost in tears. He's like, D, I am known for being the cheapest on the market. And I said, but that's that's the story that you created for yourself when you first started. That's the mm -hmm. story that you created. And he he was so heartbroken. I had never heard this guy break down like that. But he's like, how do I fix that? I said, you have to be strong in your rates, be strong in the value that you offer. And those things will continue to change over time. He hasn't worked in those cheap rates for for at least a year. But literally, that's what happened to him. The, like it because people talk right mm -hmm. they talk yeah. oh you want somebody cheap go to such and such you want something good go over to such and such so don't think that yeah. don't ever lower your rates for anyone unless it's volume very good jonathan i love you thank you so much for sharing you're doing okay. awesome we're so proud of you <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Thank you so much for chiming in. <laughs> mm -hmm. That's awesome. All right. Anybody? Oh, we have questions. Jackie Griever. She's doing her thing. I already see it. Anna. She says, question. Anna's got a question. Let me just see if I can get my phone to actually, actually see the more. And it won't let me. So let me try to do it online. Okay. So Anna says... HR leaders are under more pressure than ever to deliver high-quality people-related solutions quickly and effectively. 
and Identifies Consulting is your number one strategic play when it comes to hiring entrepreneurial recruitment and HR talent. You can build the right team for the business when you hire true business partners in recruitment and HR. Learn more at IdentifiesConsulting.com. That's I-D-E-N-T-I-F-I-Z-E Consulting.com or call 866-432-8801. Anna, I can't, okay, I can't see your comment, but I do see it now. Um, I'm, I'm hoping I see it. It says 19 comments, but all 19 aren't showing up on my thing. Okay, so can you, <laughs> Jackie, so I said question. I have a good pipeline, but they're CNAs. But they are CNAs and was told not to use agency to agencies to fill those roles. I have, Anna, I can't even, okay. I can't, every time I try to see more, the, um, those little smiley faces come up. Can you repost it again so I can see it on the, um, timeline? Because all, every time I hit see more, all the smiley faces and the check boxes and stuff come up, but it won't allow me to, open the content to see the full question. So the I saw that you have a good pipeline, but, but they're CNAs and was told not to use agencies to fill those roles. Who told you not to use agencies to fill CNA roles? So that's my first question. The second question is, can you put your comment back in the box so that I can see the entire question because it cut off and it won't allow me. Okay, great. She says, sure. And it won't allow me to see everything because I definitely want to know what you had to say. Yes, we need Henry's podcast. Thank you, Jackie Grieber. I appreciate that. <laughs> I appreciate that. I've been on Henry now for a long time about this podcast. Come on, Henry, do it. You know? So yes, let's get it in. I got so many comments back from the podcast this time. I had no clue. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to have, um, okay, Anna says sure, but I don't see the question. I'm going to have um, Karen reach out to, guy, to you guys, but I'm also going to add her address and, she, and she's working my calendar. As a matter of fact, the majority of her time is spent manning my calendar at this point. No. Yes. Yes, Coral. No, Coral. And yes. Um, hold on. I'm going to answer that one because that's a good one. Because I'm going to tell you where you may have, where you may be missing the ball. So Coral's question was, Haiti, do you think the IT niche is too saturated? Is there anything I can do to stand out in this niche? It is not saturated. There are tons of things that you can do to stand out in the niche. My biggest question for you is what does your competitive analysis look like? That's my big question. Because if you're looking to stand out, that means you've got to look and see what other people are already doing in order for you to define what you need to do differently. So when's the last time you've done a competitive analysis and what came out of that competitive analysis? right? What did you find? I literally am doing this right now with three of my clients. And and um, I should do a, a video for this because I don't have one for this. This is something I typically do with my one-on-ones because it is very intense. But let me give you some, some um, tips 
Coral to kind of help you with your, your CA, your competitive analysis. So first of all, you want to find the top five companies that are focusing on your particular niche positions, okay? So I hope that you are niching beyond IT, right? Because that, first of all, will set you apart. If you're only niching in the IT space, then, um, then you're going to, going to be, um, heartbroken. You're, it's going to be way harder for you to stand out. Thank you, Anna. But if you are niching, if you have a specific niche, that's your first starting point. But then what you've got to do next is you've got to go in and find the companies that are, um, in your niche space and or IT as a whole around once you, you find people who are in your niche space and you've got to call them and you've got to research them and you've got to list ev everything that they do, everything on their website, every not everything on their website, but everything that they do that is a, um, a selling point to candidates and clients. And then you want to put it in a chart form and then you want to put your company on the front end or the back end and everybody else is on that 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 um, analysis. And you put yes, no, yes, no, yes, no for all the services that you see that you fit in with and that other people fit in with and what they don't. And then what you'll start to see is where you fall on the competitive landscape, where you fall compared to everyone else. And then once you see that, then you can see what you what you're currently offering, but you'll also be able to see what other people are not offering. And then you can define what you need to do to stand out. I hope that makes sense. Ask me more questions about it and I'll keep that conversation going. Coral. Um, Henry said, I did today an interview for a virtual job seeker summit for about 5,000 job seekers. This will be big. That's awesome. Henry, are they all in the healthcare space? Big question. Anna, I have a good pipeline of CNAs and I was told that companies don't use agencies for lower level roles. And most places I call source in-house. I'm starting to feel like I'm letting down the candidates. I live in New York City. Um, so that's not true. Um, I have, so CNAs. I'm not a fan of placing CNAs, but there are some people out there that are doing it super successfully. And um, as a matter of fact, there's a guy who took my boot camp and um, um, when we did the L.A. boot camp, I think he was doing two or three million dollars a year placing only CNAs. Now, he was working from sunup to sundown like a Hebrew slave or I don't know, some type of slave. But he definitely was really pushing his business and he made a killing off of CNAs. What I will tell you is this. Let me ask you a question, Anna. Uh, I wish you were on GoToMeeting because I would have a real conversation with you then so I could hear you. But let me ask you, um, why did you choose CNAs as your niche? I'm very curious to hear that. Hey, Judy. Hey. Mwah. Henry there, mix. Okay, cool. Did you push referrals while, while you're on your mix? While they're in the mix? Hey, T. How are you? So, so Anna, I want to know... You got to tell me, why did you choose the CNA niche? And um, so that's number one. Number two, if it's hard, <laughs> that's okay. That just means you've got to find another 
intro into that space, right? You don't give up unless it just doesn't make sense for you. But there are companies out there for you. Now, New York City definitely has a very different culture. I went through this with Henry. I went through this with Joel. I went through this with uh, Jonathan. Um, with, um, what's my, my young lady name? She's going to kill me if she watches this video. I have another young lady, another client in New York. I love you. <laughs> um, you know, so I do understand that the culture in New York city is a little bit different. However, they have more people in New York than Chicago, Atlanta, and I think Houston. I, I just looked at this the other day, all put together. So that means that you have more opportunity, okay? So, Anna, first of all, you got way too many niches. Like, kill them. I know that y'all hear me preach this all the time, but like our, our LPNs and CNAs, you're just getting started. You're coming into an already competitive landscape. Why not focus on a specific type of RN? One specific type of RN, pipeline those people and deliver. Why not find a niche that um, needs RNs in a different way? So a good example, the mental health space is booming in New York City. It's booming everywhere. But the mental health space, they hire temps all the time, right? So I, I, I just want to encourage you. Okay, you have all CNAs now. You're filling two LPNs. Okay, but that's fine. So you can stay with that. I would, If CNAs are your space, that's do, do it. So with CNAs, what I know is home health care agencies always need CNAs. And, um, and, and that's the only thing I really know about people who are like, they're in a dire need of CNAs in the New York space. They're in a dire need of CNAs in the New York space, mainly in the rural areas where most people can't get out to. But I do got to give you some love because she said I'm filling two LPN positions. I love that. So is PT and OT? Yeah. I mean, it's huge. It's huge. Long-term care is where everything is really going right now, to be honest with you. And because the, the older generation is going into long-term care, right? Um, and mental health, people are going crazy, right? They're, <laughs> they're losing their minds consistently. So you definitely have opportunity in so many areas. Hey, Bridget, don't allow um, a few losses or a few people's comments or a few no's to keep you from your goal, right? Don't do that. You keep going at it. I mean, keep going at it. You can do this. No just means not right now. That's all it means. Not right now. That's it. Yes, Anna, she got the middles going. <laughs> Coral, can you paste that message in, um, in one more time for me, please? If you could paste it in the box one more time for me, I would appreciate that because I'm seeing things weird on my phone. If you could paste it in, that would be great, please. I love you. Mwah. Send your wife my love too. <laughs> what is the best way to find most sought after roles in IT? So I only saw a piece of this. What is the best way to find the most sought after roles in IT. 
so that that's a very broad question, right? Um, because each each part, each industry is uh, needing IT at a certain capacity. And so for one industry, one role may be the most sought after role, but in another industry, another IT position may be in a sought after role. So I don't know that I can actually answer that question. What I will say is that you've got to find your niche. You've got to find your space. Like um, one of my clients, she's in South Africa when we were going through her competitive analysis, you know, one of the questions I asked her is at what point do companies need to hire this particular type of position? And that was a big like aha moment for her. And I made her go back and do research. So because when you understand the needs of your clients and you understand um, not just their, the needs of your clients, but you really begin to understand how these candidates fit into the overall infrastructure and the overall, um, you know, goals and objectives of the company, it'll be very easy for you to define what roles you want to tap into. So you don't want to just come into staffing and say, okay, I'm just going to take over all of IT, you know, or you want to really define where people are having challenges and that's whatever industry. You're listening to StaffingStartup.tv. Be sure to connect with us on YouTube to catch the live video footage of the show. You want to define where people are having challenges and why they're having those challenges, right? And and I, that's the direction that you want to go into. So um, when you talk about sought-after roles, and if for some companies, it's, it's IT security. For some companies or for some portions of, of in some industries, it's mobile development. Some is SaaS development, software as a service, right? For some, it's machine learning and AI. For some, it's data science. For some, it's project managers and business analysts. I can't define that, and only you can actually define that by knowing your market, by knowing who you're supporting. When I first um, started doing the videos on YouTube, one of the things that one of the niches that I told people I, that I wanted them to to be open to were data and uh, with data data um, DBAs data uh, database administrators at the time. And I said, listen, because I saw the need that now things are moving around and different things like that. But at that time, DBAs for um, for financial companies, so database administrators for the financial services industry, the credit card payment systems and different things like that. Oh my gosh, it was a massive need. Why? Because they're dealing with petabytes of data, terabytes and petabytes of data. And they need somebody to administer that data or to develop systems to hold that data, right? Now today, the big thing is taking the data and analyzing the data. So being able to look and see, okay, so financial companies are dealing with millions of credit card transactions every second of the day. How, how are they managing that data? What type of roles do they need to manage the data that's going on with those companies? And then being able to take that and move your thought process along. Um, retail organizations, if you go in and look, they're getting hacked like crazy. So it's like, okay, so retail... Victoria's Secret, Home Depot, Lowe's, these companies are being hacked. 
So that means that they need, you know, if one or two are being hacked and you start to see a pattern, then you already have created your white paper and your user case. Now what you do is you go out and you go after all retail companies and you sell the idea of them having a strong security team in place and you helping them find that team. So it's really about you taking solutions, looking to see what's happening around you. That's why the homework assignment that I give my clients on a consistent basis, and it's one that I actually added in the academy, is doing research every day. Having those le that research coming into you every day. And when you, you take time sitting on the potty or when you got a moment, going in, checking, so that you can start putting the pieces together so you can start putting all the pieces together of what's missing and what's needed to fulfill those clients needs that's right who said think outside the box? hey paul jackie that's right think outside the box that's exactly right you can't because that's what sets you apart that's what sets you apart at the end of the day if you're following the same path that everybody else's 19,000 other agencies are following, you will never stand out. You have to look for the problem because you are a solutions provider. People don't hire staffing agencies just to hire them. You are a solution to a problem that a company is having. So you have to figure out what challenges are companies having and, and with IT, and then what roles can I go in to fill those challenges that those companies are having? That's where you come in with your niche. And when you understand those things, you're forced to be reckoned with. There are companies out there right now that are only placing DevOps people. They have the ability to place people in IT all over the place, but they're only placing DevOps. Why? Because that is a niche in itself, right? Um, there, you know, I love you, Coral, and I want to see you succeed. I want to see you succeed. I want to see you grow. This is serious business. So I'm glad to be there to support you. Next um, question, and you keep the questions coming. D, how narrow should the niche be? For instance, I have experience with PMO or EPMO office, and that includes the program or portfolio managers, BAs, and CMs, and the finance. Perfect. I've, you've, you're doing a lot of sectors, though, okay? But local government, mainly dealing with CRMs, loan origination, and LMS. Is that too broad? I would definitely, it's, I wouldn't say it's too broad, but imagine if you focused on maybe one or two of those positions for one industry, and you became known in that industry for those positions. So if you're doing CRMs and loan origination and, and LMS, is that for um, mainly dealing with CRMs, loan origination, and LMS? And that would be for the banks? Or is that specifically for so financial banks, insurance, and mortgage? Yeah, that's fine. But stay out of legal and local government until you reach one goal. So I always say, like, when you choose your niche, because there are a lot of you are itchy to get out and to, to expand your niche, right? So you choose your niche. You start in one little industry. You, you create a goal for yourself. Okay, when I make a half a million dollars, then I'll add on now, not just the finance, but I'll add on blah, 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 whatever, whatever that is, right? Um, hey, Shalonda, right? When I add, when I get to one million, then I'll add on this. 
when I get to this amount that I, so you, you kind of give yourself milestones and you focus on one thing until you hit that milestone. Until you hit that milestone. And then once you hit that milestone, then you add on something else. Then you keep adding. But you really want to, because you're a one-man firm, two-man firm, some of you. You really don't have the, the, the flexibility. I don't say the flexibility. That's not the proper word. You don't have the robustness that a Ronstadt or a manpower has. So your strategy has to be very deliberate, very strategic. And the thing is, is that when you focus on one area, it gives you an opportunity to not just learn the business, but to master the business. And then you'll be able to see things so differently, right? Then you're able to go back in and say, you know what? I can, I can focus on this niche now because I've mastered this niche. I know this niche by heart. I, and then you can go. Furthermore, Tequita, let me take it a step further. You could go beyond that, beyond that. Not only will you, will you be able to say that, but you will know that niche in such an intimate way that you really could build an entire empire around that one niche. See, everybody wants to go and do everything. And it's, you don't need that when you're starting out. You don't need that. You don't have to go big when you're a one or two man firm. That's going to keep you because you're going to be everywhere trying to do anything, everything. And it's almost like you're moving in a, in a, from a sense of lack. Honestly, it's almost like you're moving from a sense of lack versus a sense of empowerment. So you really want, and when I say that you can, you, you'll be able to master that niche and do more things, you're going to know that niche so intimately, you'll be able to create your own products and services and, and, and things that will support them beyond staffing. Or maybe you'll be able to create an app that supports them from a staffing perspective. Or maybe there's an additional service that you'll be able to create. Like you'll be able to do so much more if you focus on one particular area and nurture that area and grow that area. So many people are so concerned about being stuck in a box. Listen, we are supposed to be individuals and do things um, you know, we, we just trust me. I don't even know how else to say it. Just trust me. You, if you focus, if you focus, you will have faster wins. If you focus, you will have faster wins, especially in the IT space. Okay. Especially. Yeah. Stalling overwhelmed. If you focus on one particular area, you won't even have to do that. And then as you get continue to get clients, you can tell your other clients, hey, I've done this for them. I can do this for you. I know this space better than you would ever imagine. Who is the company that um, the, um, what's his name? Marcus gave me site recruitment. I think PSY. You're listening to the StaffingStartup.tv podcast. For more info on today's show, be sure to check out the show notes at StaffingStartup.tv. R-E-C. I want to read something to you guys that I think um, 
would be very beneficial because I didn't write this these these um web this website that I'm about to share with you, but I promise you when I when we were doing my client's competitive analysis today, um recruitment shoot it's like recruitment psychology staffing it's like recruitment something dot org. Um, whew, recruitment psych, psychiatrist, PSYC, PSYCHRI, psychiatrist org. Let's see if I did it right. Here it is. Psychiatry recruitment org. Uh, where'd it go? Okay. So, it, cause the real company is Monroe and Wisebroad, which I had never heard of. But this is a very well-established psychiatric staffing agency. I'm just going to read some of these things to you because I want to open your minds up a little bit. So they said psychiatry focus, Monroe and West Broad office services and permanent placement, locum tennis and telepsychiatry. I'm going to get to the good part. So here we go. I want y'all to listen to this. So first they say, how do you recruit psychiatrists? They're telling them. So for, let me go back. So they first started, if you're on my screen, you can see this. To understand the premise of our firm and our underlying philosophy of being solely focused on the recruitment of psychiatrists, one needs to understand the word of the world of agency physician recruitment. The majority of the physician recruitment industry is broadly focused, which is to say that almost all other physician recruitment firms will take on a search appointment for any physician specialty they are called upon to conduct, provided the right financial incentive. If you call one of the larger firms, you will likely encounter the same degree of eagerness to take on the business of recruiting as a recruiting an internist as you would if you were seeking to recruit a neurosurgeon. So they go on to say these firms would claim that they do not solely focus in one specialty because their abilities and resources are equal across all specialties. We would agree with this claim in a sense, but not because we think they perform excellently across specialties that they have somehow figured out how to be all things to all people. This is on their website. I just want y'all to notice. This is on the front page of their website. This whole conversation they're having specifically with their target market about why the niche for them is imperative. Listen, keep going. I'm going to keep reading. Uh, but rather, we agree with them because there is a distinct albeit unfortunate degree of parity in choosing to equally neglect all specialties rather than focusing and specializing in just one. It does not have to be this way. Monroe and West Broad has chosen to focus solely in the specialty of psychiatry, and it is for a very distinct reason. It's not because we are not capable of recruiting other specialties. It is not because we do not have the resources to recruit other specialties. And it is certainly not because we fail to understand that there is a much larger market present for those firms willing to be specialty agnostic. We choose to do this one very specific thing because we want to be the very best at it. And we believe that we are. After working with us, we believe that you'll agree with us. We're your child to near your we're your child to need a particular sur um were oh were your child to need a particular surgery. Do you prefer a surgeon who does all forms of surgery or the one who's the expert at one particular surgery that is needed? 
Ding, 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 ding. When you need an attorney to assist you with divorce proceedings, will will any attorney do? Or do you need the court? Do you want the one? I'm sorry. Or do you want the courtroom brawler whose life is spent in divorce court? When your exotic sports car breaks down, will you take it to just the, to, to the same mechanic who works on the family station wagon? Why would the firm you select to recruit a psychiatrist for your organization be looked upon any differently? Monroe and Weisbert is the leader in psychiatry recruitment. We are a firm solely focused on the physician manpower needs of the behavioral medicine spectrum. And we are eager to speak with you about your psychiatry recruitment needs. Then they go on and tell the typical um, clientele of the um, psychiatry still talking about how organizations with large um, that are doing so many things are crazy. All right, let's let's just go. Let's go skip. So then they do that. Then they tell you how they recruit um, um, physicians directly. Oh, they're very confident. They're very confident, Shantae. That's what it takes to run a business, right? So they say that a number of vehicles that they utilize in pursuit of recruiting psychiatrists include, but are not limited to, direct mail, cold calling, okay, um, um, email distribution, passive candidate networking, referral base. Now listen to this. They say you will notice that we not we did not list. Let me repeat. Let me stand up. I gotta stand up because this is serious. Because y'all y'all not hearing me. I don't know who these people who these people are, but I'm definitely going to reach out to them. They say, you will notice we did not list job board promotion here. We do post our psychiatry openings to job boards in quite high volume, in fact. But chances are you are visiting this website because job board promotion has already failed for you. And we do not think that you should use us in order to do the things that you can easily do yourself. We are not in any way anti-job board. Perhaps we are averse to the extortive fees they often charge, but we just do not think it's the most viable method of sourcing psychiatrists. We prefer to directly reach out to people rather than just hoping that they're looking at job boards. Hello. Do y'all see what I'm saying here? They understand the power of their niche and they embrace it and they walk with it with pride and they this is what they do you understand and then they ask is this all you do recruit psychiatrists or is this all you do to recruit psychiatrists and they said well we have other methods for unearthing psychiatrists that we have chosen not to list above however even more important than discussing that is emphasizing a very key element Candidate sourcing is only part of the recruitment process. Specifically, we have observed that most prospective clients think at the outset of beginning a relationship with us that sourcing of psychiatry candidates is our sole focus. In fact, that's barely half of the battle. Okay? And then they go on and talk about their process. Okay, so Shantae said, thanks for sharing this. It made me rethink some things. Jackie said, oh my God, I want to work with them. Exactly. Sharon said, I just came in. Who is this D? Um, this is some company that one of my clients found is their competitive. Their comp- that's one of their key competitors. 
We were talking about creating your competitive advantage to see how you can set yourself apart. And I went to this website that my client took me into today, Monroe and Weisberg, it's psychiatryrecruitment.org. And when he was, he said, he said, D, I have some big competitors, but this is my biggest one. So I'm like, why are they your biggest one? When we went to the website, I saw. And they're the biggest one because they're the one, the only other agency that was on that list that solely focused on psychiatry recruitment. And when you read it, you guys have heard me only read a piece. Their front page, I don't know how many of y'all I've talked to. I don't want too much content on my website. Oh, I don't want that. They are having a full-blown conversation with their audience on their website. And if you go and look at any of the videos, and I'm going to put their link in the box here for you guys to look at, any of the videos that I have talked about over the years, about how your, 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 the conversation should take place when you're on your website, this is a prime example. By the time, I mean, by the time you get done reading this, you're sold and you trust them. You're sold and you trust. People are talking about, I'm highly convinced. Of course you are. Now, it only, I mean, I hope it didn't take this website to convince you guys that you've got a niche. I've been screaming this crap for years, for years. And many of you have not gone further than 250K in your business for years because you choose to think that having a niche is going to hold you back. But the reality is, is that if you're a one, two, three, or four man firm, if you do not niche, you're holding yourself back. You're holding yourself back. If you don't have the bandwidth and the manpower to tackle five different sectors and five different, and I mean have a nice flow, because remember your value are your candidates. Don't get all caught up with the money. The money's going to flow to you, I promise you. The money is going to flow like the Hudson River, I promise you. But the money definitely doesn't flow when you're in a place of lack or need. And the money definitely doesn't flow when you don't have clear direction or standards, in my Medea voice, around your business. And I'm going to say this with love. Don't beat me up. And if you do, I don't care today. But it's really chocolate people. Chocolate and brown people don't believe in themselves. I'm going to say it. I said it. Y'all can smack my hands. But I have seen the statistics. I live them every day with my clients. And my chocolate and brown people lack value, lack worth. You do. And so it's hard for you to go out there and to believe that you can go out there and make millions, multi-millions of dollars. It's so frustrating. I saw like I'm not, I'm not going to cry during this call. But what I will say is as a coach, it's so fucking hard for me to see brown and black people sabotage themselves every day over and over and over again. When you have so much opportunity out here, if you would just focus, if you would just find a focus, find a niche and dominate that niche. These people didn't say they're placing psychiatrists, mental health, 
interest. That's it. That's it. Nothing more. That's what they're placing. And they're making a killing, I'm sure. Can't wait to reach out to them. And I'm not saying other people don't have issues. I'm saying that a lot of people I see in this community, it's 300 and something people that were originally, like a couple of months ago, in this Facebook group alone. I think we have a thousand people as staffingpreneurs across the world, right? Including my one-on-ones and people who choose not to log into Facebook or have a Facebook account. And every, I mean, the, I get emails every day from my website. And people just don't believe that they can win. So they're, they're like starting this business to, to, to figure out if they can at the expense of other people, at the expense of companies, at the expense of candidates. And I'm here to tell you guys that you have to define today. You have to decide today that I'm worthy, that I, I, if I'm going to, if I'm going to set a goal, I'm going to reach that goal. And, and that I can do this business just like anybody else. Just like anybody else. Nothing can stop me from succeeding. Do you get it, Luana, for real? Totally? Do you get it? Tequita, do you get it? Judy, do you get it? Sharon, do you get it? The only thing that's holding each and every one of you back from your desires and your goals are you. It's just you. It's your mind. It's your lack of worth. It's your lack of value for yourself. I'm so proud to hear Jonathan talk about his journey and how he went from having a low worth to understanding that he's, he's worth far beyond that. To the point he said... He said he went all the way down to the bottom in tears until he figured out I am bigger and better and I can. And now he's on the line, opening us up tonight, telling us exactly what he needs. And let me tell you something. I met Jonathan through, it was some divine intervention type of ish, right? And I remember when we first started talking and he was not the same guy he is today at all. So, and I got to go in two minutes because I do have a, two clients tonight, actually. But, I, I, and, I, and I apologize for crying. Y'all know I get emotional. I apologize for getting fired up. But it when I work with specific clients, they come in, I give them the lessons, they take it, they learn, they go, and now they're making money. And then I've got another set of people who it takes them a year, two, three four years to make one placement. And I really started to sit down and ask myself, what's the difference between these two sets of people? Like, what's the difference? What makes them believe that they can come in and take over the world? And yet this group of people is taking three, four years to make a placement. What's the difference? And so I start asking questions and it's very hurtful for me to experience because I don't understand that. And so I'm asking, I'm asking and the people who are succeeding, you know what they tell me? I won't lose. There's tons of money out here for me. Businesses are looking for me. They just don't know it. I, you know, they're giving me all of these 
reasons why they're going to win. And then you got this other group of people that's like, nobody's answering my phone call. I, um, my family is in my way. Um, I'm in my way. Um, I can just go down the list and, and I, I, and I, and I see it because I'm in it, but it's just, I want you guys, I want you guys, I really want you guys to like, Listen, each and every one of you watching this video right now, the only thing that is holding you back from your success is you. And if you guys just take the time to tap into yourself, I gotta go. If you guys could take the opportunity to tap into yourself and to believe in yourself and understand everything starts with an idea. All you have to do is put the work in. And if you put the work in and you put the energy in and you feel good about that energy, when I say breathe life into your business, I'm not playing. You breathe life into your business by the love, <clears throat> by the love that you put into your business, by the joy that you put into your business, by the excitement that you put into your business, by the ideas that you create, that you, that you, when you, when you're breathing life and love into your business, it is 100% about the energy that you're pouring into your business. And I'm telling you, when you do that, when you do that, everything around you says, okay, she's waiting for me. He's waiting for me here. I'm here. I'm going to meet you halfway and I'm going to walk this journey with you. But when you walk with a defeated mentality, when you walk, walking around, holding on to stank ass excuses, excuses, of all the things that are keeping you from doing what you want to do when really the only excuse is you? Why even try? That's how I feel. I feel that way. Because you're wasting your time. You're wasting your client's time. You're wasting your candidate's time. If you ain't ready, don't do it. But when you're ready, do it. And let me tell you something. Each and every one of you today that are watching this now, who's watching the re replay Every last one of you have the power to do it because $429 billion globally, it has already been done. <laughs> I love you guys. I'm so sorry. I'm so embarrassed for crying. I'm such a baby. I got to go. I'm three minutes late for my call. I love you. I will see you guys in the group throughout the course of the week or the weeks, but next Q&A is first week in October. Again, I love each and every one of you guys. Have an amazing night. Bye. I know I cried. <laughs> I don't even
Thanks for listening to the StaffingStartup.tv podcast. We hope you enjoyed this week's episode. If you'd like more information on any of our stories or would like to know how to get involved and share your story, head over to our website at StaffingStartup.tv. Don't forget to subscribe to our podcast on iTunes and please leave a five-star rating and a super awesome review so others can enjoy the show too. Check out the live video footage on YouTube. Have a great week and we'll see you next episode.